Hello. Hey. Welcome to Couple Goals. Welcome to Couple Goals with us and I'm. Long time listener and new listener. Sean insisted last week that we started introducing ourselves again. Did I insist or was it a suggestion? It was insist. Oh. Well, then you should probably do it. I'm Maggie. And I'm Sean. Together, we are Wild Stallions. No. Just a couple goals. With S&M. Yep. And that's Sam. He likes to growl. And... So how are you? You're a little bit tipsy right now, aren't you? So we just got back from a celebration. Normally, we record... We don't batch our podcasts. So batching is an industry technique that's commonly used. Right. Where people will spend the whole day recording for like a month. Right. Right. Months worth of content. And then they will schedule it. And then when you hear a podcast, it was actually recorded a month previous. That's not how we do it here. Because we. Keep it real. We do news stories and stuff. So we do it the day before you hear it. So. We went to a party today, an anniversary party, not like a like whoop whoop kind of party. <laughs> we went to a 50th anniversary party today, and I drank like a bottle of wine. Yeah. And now I'm here. And I did not drink. You so don't, I am, you don't I'm drink. the same as always, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I didn't intend to drink at all. I no ate. No fun, Sean. I ate food. I drank a whole bunch of water. I don't normally drink. I, I really rarely drink. And then Sean was like, hey, do you want any wine? And I was like, yeah, you know what? Get me some white wine. And then I had some white wine and I was like, oh, that's right. I like white wine. A shout out to the Rocco's happy 50th anniversary. Even happy they don't 50th listen, anniversary. This, this Friend of the show, them. Steve. And Rob. His, Rob doesn't listen. He listens sometimes. He's oh. not he's not a regular, but he does listen. Well, it's their parents. Yes. So. My beast friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we went to that, and everyone there is crazy nice. Super pleasant, always. Our children were like, why isn't your family like this? Meaning my family, meaning our family. Yeah. And I was like, because they're bad people, that's why we don't talk to them. <laughs> right. They're and all then, assholes. Like, like only... people were coming in, and they waved. Like, someone waved at me. And I looked behind me to see who they could possibly be waving to because <laughs> I'm not used to people being happy to see me at family gatherings. <sighs> because my family is And everybody always, remembers your name even though you've only met them like name. twice. Yeah. Twice over the course of like 15 years. Right. And they remember my name. And everyone Super is nice. so pleasant. Nice so nice. And yeah, I looked behind me. And yeah. I saw you, and you weren't looking in that general direction. And I was like... Yeah, she was waving at you. Yeah, she was waving at me. She was greeting you. She was excited. She was happy to see you. She was happy to see me. And right. I was like, why the fuck would anyone be happy to see me? <laughs> and then you said to me, because she likes you. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Why would she like me? People like you. And then when she was leaving, she rubbed my back. Yeah. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> and you were like, she and then likes you. you got... Then you got uncomfortable, right? And now you got to make a statement because somebody touched your back. So. No, I. No. No. 
Oh, okay. I got uncomfortable in Somebody my own Joe skin for you. a minute. No, I got uncomfortable in my own skin for a minute because I'm not used to people not hating me. <laughs> it was it had nothing to do with any kind at, of weird at family gathering. Yeah, normally at family gatherings, people are like, "You're the fucking worst." Yeah, nobody actually says that. No, it's all. It's a weird. vibe. Yeah, it's, it's a, a vibe. It's a vibe directed at both of us. And it's when you walk in the room and people like shift the conversation slightly. Yeah. So. I didn't, in news story, in news story news, what? (laughs) While we were driving home, you were driving home, I wasn't driving home. I was on Snapchat because I'm a millennial. Yes, you are. So I was on Snapchat and I saw that there was a shooting like over a week ago. So this isn't really new. Yeah. Of a, a rapper. Oh, Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey right? Hussle. Yeah, never heard of him. Never heard of him. He is a Grammy-nominated rapper. Great name. And I thought that was a great name. Yeah. So I read about it, and this was just published three hours ago today, and I just thought this was interesting. Nipsey Heidel. Heidel. Hmm. This is German, German counterpart. <laughs> He's German. Nipsey Hussle might still have been alive, if he hadn't talked back to a shooter, according to a report today, accused killer That's some victim blaming accused kill I, accused killer Eric Holder shot Grammy nominee once he had begun to walk away after wounding Hustle. But then Hustle said something to the effect of you shot me, you got me. TMZ reported, quoting the, the eyewitnesses. Yeah. And then the holder, the enraged holder turned around, squeezed off more shots in the direction of the 33-year-old rapper killing him. Let's dissect that real quick, because there's a lot of different ways. Like, what you said, you shot me, you got me, you said it, like, in a mocking tone. Like, wow, that's impressive. If that dude just got shot and his reaction was like, ooh, you shot me, oh, you got me, look at you, you shot me, whoop to do well, or he could have been like, you shot me, you got me. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of different ways he could well, have delivered I don't know that. How he delivered it. We don't. Well, no, I don't either. But the way the way you said it at first makes it sound like this dude is hardcore. And he's like, oh, you shot me. Look, I got a bullet hole. I'm bleeding. Look at you. And so then the guy was like, oh, fuck you or whatever. Well, it was reported by Fox News. And oh, TMZ. man, that's like that's hardcore, though. Yeah. So you get shot and say anything. <laughs> to get shot and then or end- there's like the will ferrell delivery from austin <laughs> why powers why did you shoot me you shot me right in the arm so the surveillance camera apparently shows him like nipsey hustle lifting his head yeah and like talking back yeah and then holder like turning around and coming back and shooting him and killing him wow so he did indeed say something yeah. That enraged the dude so much that he came back. And well, shot he already him. shot him once. Sounds like he was pretty enraged. He's probably enraged that he was still alive. Well, he the whole shooting happened because he Holder thought Nipsey Hussle ratted him out over something to the police. Uh-huh. I did a little research while we were driving. Gotcha. Because I was like, Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. That's a great name. So yeah. that was my news story, kind of. And it tied into murder, which I love. You do. You do love when people die. 
Next court date is May 10th, in case anyone's curious. Who's being held on $5 million bond. Oh, good. They caught him. That's good. Yeah. On uh, charges of murder, attempted murder, and possession of a firearm by a felon. I'm not really sure what the attempted murder is. Because Nipsey Hussle's dead. Right. So. Hmm. Also, I'm kind of... This is kind of an outlandish statement, but it's nice to see a rapper like in the gang and like crime scene again. <laughs> I understand. Because and not you know being I mean? hospitalized from eating Cheetos. Right. Like, like I'm some like, rappers. look at you guys rappers like doing crimes. <laughs> like that's not just singing about it. Living right. it. Living because, the life. Like, rappers nowadays are like i went to the hospital because i got a cheeto blister in my lips so like whatever <laughs> happened what happened to that one guy yeah he got, i don't know he got sick from eating flaming hot cheetos yeah it was the most ridiculous thing i've it ever was like, read oh, in my no, life i thought I was we were like, man rappers rappers used to be hardcore <laughs> you know right remember when like all those rappers were dying in the 90s because they were all like shooting each other and yeah that was sad yeah, that was like, that terrible wasn't, that wasn't cool no wasn't a good it was thing. awful but like, my point is that was when rap was good that's yeah. bad for people. Yeah. People in general don't shoot each other. It's very bad. But it is nice to see rap getting back there. So uh, speaking of 90s rap, though, and, you know, you and I have talked about how it seemed like like there was little to no racism in the 90s. I mean, speaking as white people, so I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that people of color are going to disagree with you. Yeah, black people probably disagree with me, and that's totally understandable. I'm just saying, but uh, uh, growing up in a you know predominantly black neighborhood and stuff like that, it was... I didn't. I didn't see a lot of it. I didn't. I didn't see any of it actually, which was weird because it was the '90s. But I've reached uh, a conclusion. Well, you grew up in the literal projects, right? Just outside the project. As a teenager, I was just outside the projects. Yeah. Um, so it was a different vibe there. Yeah, it, and but my my theory is the reason that I felt like there there was little race so little racism is because rap music was so good in the '90s that racist white people forgot to be racist because they were so busy buying. enjoying and they were buying rap music. And that, they were they were buying right. it. They, they were and I mean, they the were reason, enjoying it. And now reason, rap music isn't as good and all the racist white people are like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? I just remembered I'm racist as fuck. <laughs> I just remembered. I just You were remembered. distracting me with all that amazing music. Where's my Toby Keith album? Right. Like that's my man. Where my Ford Shit. truck at? My Ford truck and my stupid boots. <laughs> my stupid boots. Well, my stupid expensive boots stupid. that look dumb. <laughs> that I wear in Ohio. That I wear to get my mail. I'm a cowboy. Oh, my I God. I am. All right. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. I'm just going to warn everybody now. This is this is not, hey, not going to be up to the standard that I've set for myself over the past few weeks. So. I want to warn everybody now. I don't think this is going to be a very good episode. <laughs> this, like, this, is, this is sloppily put together last minute. We had a very busy weekend. This I haven't been home not, like all weekend. So. This weekend is not quite. So yeah. we're, we're going to skip housekeeping because... Oh, oh. For the housekeeping, show, the just show is is not send us cash. This might not be worth a dollar, <laughs> so you can just send us cash out of pity. Yeah, just yeah, exactly. Send us cash because we're 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 poor. <laughs> send us cash. We poor, but we like to entertain folks. All right. So <laughs> last week, 
You may or may not know I talked about the video game franchise Street Fighter, more specifically Street Fighter 2, a little I bit. I do know that. Mostly about Street Fighter 2, right? And mm-hmm. I was kind of planning to continue that, but I, I don't There's been sequels and stuff. I don't really want to go there. I kind of want to talk a, a little bit about something else. So I, I talked about Street Fighter 2, its impact and influence on gaming. Mm-hmm. And it inspired, at the time, a whole string of clones you know, that wanted to, you know, cash in on that fighting multiplicity. game. Hockey. I'm really excited to talk about Multiplicity, the Michael Keaton movie. I assume that's what we're talking about. Clones. No, no, no. Like clones of the game, not clones of Michael Keaton. I'm really excited to talk about Multiplicity. I'm glad that I've been waiting for you to do this topic. Anyway, so uh, some of these games were entitled. We had Fatal Fury, World Heroes, Samurai Showdown, just to name a few. Art of Fighting. There was a whole bunch nope. of games that looked and sounded a lot like Street Fighter 2. All made up. Capcom even tried suing one arcade developer, uh, Data East, which was a very popular uh, game maker at the time. And no, they, I've never heard of them. Data East, like, Data East. They had Data a bunch East? of games. Yeah, Data they East? had. One of my favorites was their side-scrolling RoboCop game was probably like my favorite oh, Data East fun. game. And so they made a game called Fighter's History that for Capcom, it was just too close. The 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 sprites, the characters looked too similar to Street Fighter. Some of the names were too close. Just too much about it. <laughs> they were so, like, instead of Ryu, it was Ryu. Yeah, it was, <laughs> like, yeah, it was, you know, instead of, they literally, there were, there was a game. Instead of Ryu, there was Ryo. I think that was Art right. of Fighting. Yeah, a lot of these games were just straight oh. up. Some of them were, Samurai Showdown was actually unique. Uh, they had, they had swords, for instance, and they were like samurais. The characters didn't look so much, but a lot of these games, World Heroes, Stands out a lot. And then this uh, fighter's history, uh, obviously, is the one that really caught their eye. So they tried to sue. They did not win, however. Um, however, there was one clone that was, and I don't know, it, not necessarily a clone, but it, it was definitely heavily, heavily inspired and influenced by Street Fighter. Got very popular in America. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. It's called Mortal Kombat with a Mortal K. Mortal Kombat. Combat with a K. Yeah. And... That came out in the Kardashian trend. That came out in 1992, which is about a year after, about a year and a half after Street Fighter 2, the original iteration of Street Fighter 2 came out. All right. So it stole all the main elements from Street Fighter. It had a varied selection of fighters. It had the health bars and it had the special moves like fireballs and and flash kicks and everything. Got so much more popular than Street Fighter 2, though. In America, yes. Uh, and also these special moves had very similar inputs as to how to perform them, you know, down, down, towards, towards punch kind of thing. And they even had the palette swapped characters like how Ken and Ryu were basically the same guy, just slightly different looking. They had Scorpion and Sub-Zero. One was yellow. Yeah. One was a yellow ninja. One is a blue ninja. And then they had Reptile was like a hitting character in the game at the time. Now, it differed from Street Fighter. It did divert. It had uh, what they called uh, digitized graphics. They digitized actors images, which a lot of people remember. And at the time... These graphics looked amazing because they looked like photorealistic kind of to, you know, compared to the hand drawn sprites of Street Fighter. And uh, these these look like real humans on the screen. So that was fat. And now when you play it, it looks terrible. Yeah, it, it's weird how that art style did not hold up compared to it's like Street it Fighter 2 not. still looks good. It's not Mortal Kombat looks terrible now. 
but at the time it really caught your eye and right be, before that can't be true it did no oh no it did it before that there was a game called pit fighter that i used to play it was at the arcade and then i would play it on the genesis and it was the same <laughs> thing it, boy. it had the the digitized uh, actors it was made by midway it was made by the same people that made mortal kombat same company and and it, that was always you know and obviously on the genesis didn't look as good and the sprites were a lot smaller but uh you could tell they kind of took that to, and, and pit fighter was um it was more similar to like a double dragon kind of game i don't know what that means now and then aside from that it also differed in that it had buckets of blood and introduced something called fatalities which i think most people know what those are yeah it's once you it's... once you beat your opponent somebody yells finish yeah. him and then you do this ultra violent over the top action to just completely disembowel, remove the spine of whatever your opponent, right? Kick his head off, bite his head off, all kinds of really cool stuff. Yeah, that's all I remember about Mortal Kombat from my youth. Yeah. So I first saw Mortal Kombat. Well, I first saw it in a magazine uh, and this was before it came out and I had read about it and I was you know, slightly intrigued by it and I kind of forgot about it. And then one night. Uh, I was with my friend Todd. His dad was in a bowling league, and every week we would go with him to the bowling alley. Is this how your last story started? No, that was, we would go to the arcade. Oh, and then eventually it became the bowling alley. But anyway, we go to the bowling alley every week. the The Stonehenge, not Stonehenge, Stonehenge bowling alley. Which is be weird because I always thought that Stonehenge was Stonehenge for like years and years. Yeah. So. It's fitting that it's come full circle for me. Right. So uh, Todd and I are there. We're playing Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition. And wait, lo- what? What podcast am I on? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a couple goals. I promise. Like, this is just part of my happening? story, man. So we're playing that and we we see a bunch of people around Mortal Kombat. So we kind of wait till some of the people walk away. We go over and put our quarters up, Maggie. We put our quarters up. And then you had a panic attack. <laughs> and then we, and then we watched. Committed. And we watched these people play. And some of these people had figured out moves already. And so we saw some fatalities and stuff. And then we get... I remember when I first stepped up to the Mortal Kombat machine, my first thought when I looked down at the control scheme was a block button? What the fuck? <laughs> like in Street Fighter, you blocked... By holding the the joystick away from your opponent, they would put your character in a block position. Like if you're whatever you were, whenever you're facing your opponent, you would hold away from them or back, as we called it. And Mortal Kombat, there's there was five buttons laid out in like an X, and in the middle of the X was the block button. I'm like, this is not ergonomically designed at all. This makes no sense. You had high punch, high kick, low punch, low kick, block button in the dead middle. So. I got fucking annihilated and, you know, went back to and back then too. the your health bars. They were the same size as they are now, but every move took way more health off. So those rounds were over quick as fuck. If you played somebody that even remotely knew what they were doing. I, of course, picked Sub-Zero because I was like, "Ooh, blue ninja. I want to be a blue ninja. So I was the blue ninja man. And and, wasn't uh, Logan a blue ninja for Halloween? He was he was Sub-Zero one year. Yes. Yeah. So. I was just going to talk a little bit about the fact that the creators of Mortal Kombat owe a huge debt to Street Fighter 2. And they do not acknowledge that they took so many elements from Street Fighter 2. They claim John Tobias and Ed Boon 
are probably the most famous part of it. It was a four person team that made Mortal Kombat at the time. You realize how tiny that is? Four people. Oh, is that tiny? That is super tiny. But that's how it took a lot less people to make games back then. Because and, games look like shit. Yes. And the technology. Is that what it was? And they were lower budget. They, they, they I don't spent know a bunch anything about making games. So yeah. I don't know what why it took only four people. Uh, and now there's it, like giant studios of thousands of people. Or a lot of the reason is because things, Millions? Were, how many things were largely two dimensional back then and took a lot less work to create a two dimensional. You know, you could make a stage and that was it. That was your background. Like how many people, Everybody's standing how many on a 2D plane take to do two doom. Uh, more. I don't know how many, but more. The first, the first doom. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not covering doom, so I don't know. I don't have that information. I'm sorry. I was like a guy. No, there were two main guys. There was John Carmack and uh, John Romero. Those are the only two names I know. Is it John Okay, Romero? don't do, don't. I was don't. like, you're going to make me go there? No, I'm just saying. I thought that, I thought that only took like two dudes, but no, you're They saying. were the main guys, but I'm, uh, and it, I don't know, they, they might have, but that's also because one of them, John Carmack, is literally a genius. He's a rocket scientist now. And he designed these, he designed this engine that was easily, easy to program. So that that's part of the reason that even if it did take only two guys, that it was because of the one guy was so literally a genius. So people say things like, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Like, yeah. oh, so you you really do have to be super smart to be a rocket scientist. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's, he's like a certifiable genius, that guy. So, yeah, John Tobias in an interview has stated that uh, when they were, that their whole idea for Mortal Kombat stemmed from his love of a game I mentioned last week called Karate Champ, which almost no one has heard of. It was a very short lived game. It's not bullshit. a good game. Nobody was nobody's like, right. you know what I game I love? <laughs> karate Champ. I've fond memories of that there Karate Champ. And I got to tell you, I don't think rocket scientists have got to be like that. The most intelligent salary or the most intelligent job out there because their salary is only one hundred and seven thousand dollars a year oh, that's all. Base. i would take that happily yeah i'm you would i'm sure but here's the thing though rocket scientists they're probably doing it because they want to that's true they're not looking for the heavy compensation i mean they're compensated i'm sure but they're they're doing it more out of passion i would think that is their median base pay if people want to make money they go become a lawyer or something you know like those rocket scientists clearly aren't, aren't chasing money all right, so I'm just going to read this here. Mortal Kombat started development in 1991, which Street Fighter 2 came out in February of 1991. Uh, Ed Boon was programmer. John Tobias handled art and story. John Vogel handed, handled graphics. And Dan Forden handled sound design. And then they, they, had, they hired actors to portray the characters. Okay. Um, so they, they pitched their, their game to Midway. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to have a game, a fighting game with that starred Jean-Claude Van Damme and have a digitized version of Van Damme in the game. Right. Because he was the big actor of the day and they wanted to make it like like Bloodsport. I don't know what Bloodsport is. It's a Van Damme movie. It's it's like a kickboxing movie similar to Kickboxer, but it's called Bloodsport. <laughs> I don't know what Kickboxer is. Either. Those are both Van Damme movies. They're very similar. <laughs> very so similar. Two kickboxing movies. Minimum. Yeah, at least. Is he a kickboxer? I don't know anything about no, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I think he just knew karate. I don't think, or, or Taekwondo or something. I don't I don't really know much about him. I don't know anything about him. 
All right, so Midway shut them down at first, but then when they saw the success of Street Fighter 2, they they let them work on their 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 fighting game they wanted to do. So I believe they wanted to make a fighting game, right, without Street Fighter 2's influence. I believe that. Okay. Now, like I said, at the time, martial arts were huge. Van Damme was huge. I firmly believe that. Uh, but according to Tobias, he said karate, 1984's Karate Champ was the actual inspiration. And... It says they even intentionally worked on making the game different from Capcom's title in every way. But let's let's dissect that a little bit. Karate Champ did not have health bars. Karate Champ did not have multiple characters in multiple locations. There, these things. Karate Champ did not have fireballs and special moves. All those things were lifted from Street Fighter wholesale. You cannot tell me that all that stuff was inspired by Karate Champ despite the existence of Street Fighter 2. But actually, Street Fighter 1 came out in 87 and had fireballs. So, I mean, you could go back that far. But if somebody said they didn't hurt a Street Fighter, I would believe them because I didn't and no one did. I remember when Street Fighter 2 came out, I'm like, what happened to Street Fighter 1? <laughs> where, where is that game? I might want to play that. And then I played it and I was like, I understand what happened to Street Fighter 1. <laughs> you don't oh, need to play that we, game. We just we yes. skipped straight to 2. I mean, it was a necessary step. However, it was it, it's not necessary to play it, however. And they, they lifted a lot of stuff wholesale, like the character Raiden, who has like that uh, that Kandong or yeah, whatever. He's got he, that hat. Yeah, that was lifted straight from Big Trouble in Little China. They had like those three guys that were throwing a lightning actually, around and stuff. I actually know what you're talking about, which is astounding to me. But I, yeah, I do. <laughs> Very proud of you. That's because I love Kurt Russell and John Carpenter, I think. So that's why you know that. And. So, you know, they kind of based riding on that. Ninjas were just big at the time anyway. So, you know, you had your ninja characters. And so the game, the game got huge in America, especially. And and I'm just going to talk about it personally a little bit, because this was upsetting for me because I liked violence. Don't get me wrong. I, I always, I've always been a big fan of violence. I like digital violence. I liked horror movies. I was big into Evil Dead and, and all that stuff. You don't like real life violence. Don't like real life you violence. Hate no, real life violence. No, there's, yeah, but I love fictional violence I'm, like I'm down super with it against real life violence yeah i know i'm weird that way right <laughs> like if i try to show you a video of something that happened you're yeah. like you're like whoa i can't see I that i don't want to see it. or some like those really heinous sports injuries yeah oh i don't those make me cringe you can't even handle accidental violence yeah i don't it's bad i don't like seeing the aftermath or or the crack or the twist or whatever happened <sighs> yeah see it's it's a little hard to handle uh, but in in a game, though, it's it's all fake or a movie. I love to see a ton of gore in a movie when I know it's fake. It's it's you like fascinating. The idea of it. I like well, I, it's more just like, wow, they made that look so realistic. Like when you're watching Hostel and you watch that dude get his Achilles tendon slit. Nope. And nope, the dude drops nope. to the floor hey, immediately. Hey, how about this? Fuck you. You know that that is like, that's my thing. You just want to watch it real quick? You no. want to watch Hostel? We'll just look that scene up look, on... Uh, Crowley's tearing our There's something about the way that dude drops so fast that feels real, you know? No. But if I knew, if somebody was like, you want to watch this surgery video where they slice someone's Achilles tendon? No, thank you. Then why did you... I don't you, want to see that. Why did you insist I listen to Alec Baldwin talk about his He just surgery? was talking about it. That's that wasn't disgusting. a visual... And it was yeah. also interesting to me what they do for hip replacement surgery, because I never knew. I always envisioned like, I don't know, like 
I, I think I envisioned like pelvis replacement or something, not the actual hip, you know, like like there was just part of your pelvis that was like some sort of plastic metal no, hybrid I knew or something. Well it would be your hip. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. But a smart person would know that. <laughs> I am not a smart person. Like so, I knew I was getting a new pelvis. I, I just I yeah, it was, I had this really strange idea of what it was. So it was, it was a little bit fascinating to me. So Mortal Kombat is super violent. It catches on quick, but I could tell right away the gameplay itself sucked it it just did it was terrible but it was it was very much style over substance and that's you know that's america's thing aquaman fast and the furious they're all about style over substance so i'm sleepy one of the ways i could tell <laughs> you gotta stay awake babe <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta get through this for the shit out of me i'm yeah. so tired I had all right i'm gonna keep wine. going the and here here's the main thing when when the game got released to consoles like i want to say about a year later it came out on the Genesis and the Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo version looked better. Jean-Claude Van Damme knows lots of martial arts. I looked it up for oh. you. Oh, OK. He Thanks. knows karate, kickboxing, Muay Thai and Taekwondo. Yeah, he just knows Taekwondo. <laughs> I don't believe. I Not don't according believe. to Wikipedia. He might have dabbled, but I, I, he's, he looks like somebody who knows Taekwondo. He is. He looks like somebody who spends a lot of time doing splits. Well, he is a like second Dan black belt in Shodokan. That's karate. Shodokan is a type of karate. Well, and he's a karate. His karate, taekwondo are very similar. So he's, one's Japanese, one's Korean. It's very similar. What do you call it? Karate man. He's a karate man. He's a karate man. I don't think that's what you call it. He's karate man. I've never heard him <laughs> say that. He is. He's like, a, my name is Jean-Claude Van Damme. I, I am French now. It's <laughs> Belgium. He's, 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 he's Belgian. He's it's, Bel it's the muscles from he's Brussels. Be he's Belgian. Yeah. I don't know. I can't do a Belgian accent. I don't know why. I can only do the French. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jean-Claude Van Damme from France. I'm, I'm the French Jean-Claude Van Damme and I am a karate man. Now karate go away. Karate man from French. <laughs> that's Wait. all. That's the best I could do. All right. So anyway, so they released Mortal Kombat on home console, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. And I had a, a Super Nintendo at the time. I sold my traded in my Sega Genesis to get a Super Nintendo. So I did have one before. And my, my one friend, other friends had a Genesis. Wait, how old were you here? I don't know. 1993. I was 12. So I was 15, 16. I was 11 or 12. I was like 16. Uh, I was constantly Man, trading in systems. I did. You yeah, like, well, I got a job. You and went from like not being out of the closet, like out of the, not out of the closet, like because <laughs> you were gay, but like like Carrie style where you're like your mom kept you in the closet and wouldn't let you like. Harry have. Potter style under the stairs. Yeah. Like you weren't allowed to like. Right. No. Even, yeah. From then on, it was it was on, man. Have, I was like, like one of those TV. Amish kids on fucking cloppity clop, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> what do they call that? I don't, I don't, I don't think it's what that. What do they call it? I don't know what it's called. <laughs> there's a I, word for it yeah i'm not they enough go do to that. know that to know what it's called but so anyway it's not listen, called cloppity clop i hope listener is screaming the word at us right now jesus christ like sean you fucking moron what what's can I'm i just get through this story I'll, i'm gonna be done real soon here if you let me finish anyway sega genesis super nintendo game gets released home consoles rump springer rump springer clippity clop yes same thing nice. same word almost identical <laughs> Both have letters. Oh, my God. So the Sega Genesis version has a blood code. You can it gets released. With a an MA 13 rating, which was Sega's own rating system. Mortal Kombat was also kind of helpful in creating the uh, electronic software ratings board 
which now rates games for every console. But Sega kind of jumped to the forefront with their own with their own rating system. And it got a 13 rating instead of 17, because when you bought the game, there was no blood in it. But like a week later, magazines were publishing a blood code, but only on the Genesis because Nintendo had a much tighter reign on their stuff. Still, they weren't allowing allowing blood and violence in their games. So when you bought the game on both systems and you would hit somebody instead of blood flying everywhere, sweat would come flying out. Right. Not nearly as exciting. So it's like blue. It's like gray. It's like gray would come out. Yeah. It's like grace. And it, it, it dumb. Yeah. But here here was my issue with it is the fact that this the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo had this far superior controller for Mortal Kombat. But everybody only wanted to play it on the Genesis because there was blood. And let me tell you why there's a huge difference there. Mortal Kombat is a five button game. The Genesis had three buttons at the time. They released a six button controller later when the Street Fighter 2 came out for it. But at the time. It was three buttons that you had to play Mortal Kombat with. So to switch what you had to do, you had an A, B and C button. One of your buttons was block and then. One would be high punch and one would be low punch. And then if you wanted to switch to kick, you had to hit the start button and then your buttons would switch to kick, which blew my mind because I was like, this is fucking horrible. Whereas the Super Nintendo had a six button controller. And so it was it was ready to play Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. But nobody wanted to play my vert. So it worked. It looked better on the Super Nintendo graphically. Because the Super Nintendo could display way more color, so it was a lot closer to the arcade. It controlled better, but no one wanted to play it there because there was no blood. And that just told me everything I needed to know about Mortal Kombat. Now, having said all that, I'm always trashing Mortal Kombat. I do like Mortal Kombat. I've owned a lot of Mortal Kombat games. It's one of those things where you just have to be acknowledged. You just have to be honest with yourself and say, just because you like something doesn't make it good. Right. And that's I like Mortal Kombat. It is not a good fighting game, but I still enjoy it. Mortal Kombat 11 is coming out this month. I will be buying it. I will be playing it for a while. Wait, will, why, why are you buying it? Because I like Mortal Kombat. I bought Mortal Kombat 9. Bought Mortal, Mortal Kombat. I didn't like Kombat. any of the 3D Mortal Kombats. Those were like real bad. But the I like Mortal Kombat 1 through 3. And then I like 9 and 10. And uh, now 11 is coming out. And again, just, just to point out how they copy Street Fighter... They went 3D with Mortal Kombat 4 and like the next uh, from Mortal Kombat 4 to Mortal Kombat 8. They were all 3D games. And then when Street Fighter 4 came out, which there was a huge gap between Street Fighter 3 and Street Fighter 4, like 10 years or something like that. Street Fighter 4 came out and it was two two dimensional. Guess what? A new Mortal Kombat came out that went back to being two dimensional. <laughs> and I'm sure they give Street Fighter no credit, but. Yeah, Mortal Kombat is a fun game. It is not a mechanically sound fighting game. That's it. That that's I just want to get that out in into the world, into the ether, so people know that Mortal Kombat's a fucking fraud. It's not a good fighting game. It is a fun fighting game, though. Mortal Kombat, you're on notice. We're on to you. <laughs> right? You suck. Act and the animation is fucking horrible, by the way. In every Mortal Kombat game, the animation is fucking atrocious so bad it drives me fucking nuts they refuse to fix it it's a a multi-million dollar game now it's it's a big budget game and they still have terrible animation in it and i don't understand it hey girl all right so what do you have this week so this week i uh 
I was gonna tell you a true crime story. Yeah, I'm sorry. You have your tits out, and it's so distracting. I'm wearing the dress that I wore to the event earlier. I don't have my tits out. You get your tits out. <laughs> makes it sound like I'm sitting out. here without a shirt on, and I'm no, not. Just, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of Maggie on display. No. I like it. No, none of that's happening. So I was going to tell you a true crime story, and I still kind of am. Yeah. I'm not. Stop making that face at me. <laughs> I'm wearing a very cute dress. But instead, I'm not really going to tell you a true crime story. Betty, I'm, Betty going, Nugs. I'm going to retell you about a TV show. Oh, uh, OK. <laughs> is this the dramatized version? Yes. Of said crime? Yes. Wow. This is some <laughs> some heavily filtered shit right here. Yeah. It's a, it's this is the happen. made for TV version of a true crime story. I could probably handle this. All right. So I'm going to retell you. So like I was going to I as part of my research, I watched the FX version of the assassination. Assassination. That's all right. Move on. We all know what Just you meant. Just so we understand, there are entire podcasts. There's there's wine and crime. There's, That's fine. This is just there's podcasts where people drink. This and is tell not apropos crime. of your usual performance. It's it also is not. it's fun to make fun of. Shut I'm up. going to continue. Anyway, anyway, so you were saying the assassination, <laughs> the of... assassination, <laughs> assassination of Johnny Versace. Johnny, Johnny Versace. <laughs> Johnny. I know Johnny. Johnny. Gianni. No, it's his name. It's called Johnny. Yeah. It's spelled Gianni. But his name is Giovanni. And he, Giovanni. It's, and it's shortened to Johnny. We look. It looks like Gianni, but he. It's pronounced Johnny. Johnny. Like that's okay. why it's. It's Burn Johnny. Me. You got me. I'll just keep so looking anyway. at your boobs. It's fine. So why don't you fuck off a little bit? Because I watched nine episodes of this goddamn <laughs> show and you didn't. Thank God. So if you want to invest nine hours of your life, we can rewatch it real quick because I really liked it. Real quick, huh? Yeah. In nine hours. So the show is really fucking good. What's it called? The assassination. No, the name of the show. The uh, Assassination. I thought it was called American Crime Story. The Assassination of Johnny Versace, an American crime story. That's the name of the show. Okay. And it's it's not so much about Versace. Yeah. It's more about Andrew Cunanan, who is the murderer. Oh, I remember that name. Yeah. So. Andy Cunanan. Who? Andy Cunanan. That's why I say it. Okay. So. <laughs> We're going to talk about the dramatization. This is awesome. Version. This is so some, this is probably a lot of this isn't true. There this is, is some half ass shit right here like this. Yeah, that's why this episode. This not, is apropos of our this show. Is, this episode's <laughs> not going to be so good because I I intended to then research. Yeah. But instead we went out and we were going to. We had a busy weekend. But yeah. actually I had a busy weekend. You watched a show. <laughs> that's what you did. Yeah. Well, I didn't finish the show as early as I intended. Instead, I I didn't finish it yesterday until eight o'clock in the in the evening. No. So we're going to go through this timeline. So in October of 1990, and by the way, I am literally referencing a Harper's Bazaar article to get to get my timeline and and it's re and it's referencing the tv show and i'm going off my memory and i had a bunch of wine excellent so i'm all in 
Here we I'm go. All in and you got the girls out. This is the best podcast episode ever. Let's do it. So Andrew Cunanan and Johnny Versace meet in San Francisco. Now, this is. This is extremely ambiguous. As far as like the actual facts go, OK, but here's what happens on the TV show. So they meet in a club. And it's not until like after the after in the final episode that they show like what what they say, what they think happened. But yeah. everybody involved is dead. So you can't really you can't really figure out what truly happened. But Johnny and and Andrew meet in 1990 and they don't like hook up or anything like they're not they don't get together. But Johnny is like very impressed by Andrew and so it has like inspiring words for him. And they like they do go out to the opera. Yeah. Where Versace's working on Capriccio and they do have a like inspirational conversation. Okay. That's it. Like that's that's their whole interaction. That's the whole interaction that I as as far as I understand. All right. So now we're moving forward. So the yes. What what what's that guy's name? Kunanen. Yeah. <laughs> so he meets he meets um this guy. <laughs> he meets this guy David. Yeah. This is going good. No, this is, this, yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you all about Andrew. Okay. All right. Just so you can understand who he is. He is of Filipino and Italian descent. Okay. His mom is Italian and his father is Filipino. And he is the youngest of, I don't know, like four kids, maybe. And his dad is abusive towards his mother and is extremely um, protective and like weirdly like doting of him. Hmm. Yeah. Like... And this is this is actual fact, because I did as I would watch an episode, I would then go and research. <laughs> so like I did like a little bit of research, so I know kind of what's true and what's not. Right. On. But like only kind of. OK, so I want to hear this drunk. Ver just tell the drunk version. This is, this this is like, like drunk it's history. Like drunk history. Yeah. Just tell me what you got. So like so he um, so he was like his dad was like real weird and like would read etiquette to him and stuff. And yeah, Andrew was extremely bright. So like he would memorize the encyclopedias. Like he was, he had an, he had a one forty seven IQ. Wow. He was a bright, bright guy. Yeah. Okay. So he got into this private school that none of the other members of his family got into. But his dad, meanwhile, was working for Merrill Lynch and then switched and became a stockbroker somewhere else. And when Andrew was in high school, he comes home one day and the FBI is at the house. And he finds out that his dad had actually not been a real stockbroker. He had been selling fake stocks. So oh. this is backstory yeah. before he met Johnny Versace, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
he had been selling fake stocks yeah. and he had been actually pocketing the money. That's how he had made so much money. That's how he had come from. He had actually been born in the Philippines. He had come to the United States and now they were living in this giant house. And his dad had been basically stealing money. Yeah. And the FBI was now involved and he had sold his dad had sold the house that they were living in, like the four kids and the mom weeks ago and oh, had wow. taken the money and was already on a plane flying back to Manila. Holy shit. And abandoned the family. Wow. So Johnny was, or not Johnny. Um, Andy. Andrew was like, well, this is fucked. I'm going to go to Manila and get, you know, get my dad back. So I don't know how much of this part's true, but he like goes to Manila and his dad's like, hey, you're a pussy or whatever. So he's like, you'll never be the man that I am or whatever. And Andy's like, I'll never be like you. And then like he goes back to the United States and then. Well, sounds factual. And then he goes, well, I don't know about all that, but he his dad's like still alive. So in his but his dad's like a media hound. So um, he goes, he comes back and he. And he's like weird in high school. So in high school and this part's factual, like these pictures exist. So in his yearbook picture, he takes a yearbook picture with no shirt on, just his tie. Yeah. And gets vo voted in the yearbook, most likely to be remembered. <laughs> and then has a yearbook quote for, you know, how you get to pick your senior yearbook quote. I've heard about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Well, his is after me, and it's in French or French or some fucking language. I don't know. Yeah. It's in a language that I don't understand. It says something like, after me will come the flood or something like that. Like, after me will come the deluge. or It's something like, after me will come destruction. Yeah. It's how they sum it up in, yeah. in the thing. But that's factual. Like, that's from. Yeah. So that's his senior year in high school. So he's already not headed on a good course. Yeah. So... At 19 is actually when he comes out as gay okay. and he's going to a gay bar, just like trying to pick up dudes or whatever. And some old man like gives him his phone number and leaves. And he. Uh, he goes, he calls this person like he calls the phone number or whatever, and it's an escort service. And the, the escort lady's like, no, nobody wants an Asian dude. Huh. She's like, I never get. A man, she's like men like asian women they don't like asian men and he's like fine i'll sell my services on my own smash cut to him going and selling his services on his own basically yeah. so he starts hooking up with like he like goes through the newspaper and he finds like rich older men and he starts targeting them so that's how he gets into this lifestyle right yeah. and then he that's how he ends up at a bar and he meets jenny versace in 90 okay yeah so in like 90 six i want to say somewhere around there he's he's in a relationship with this dude lincoln lincoln somebody whose name at it lincoln astor we'll say i'm pretty sure this is factual okay so he's in this he's in he's like a kept man with lincoln oh. he has a he has like a per diem and a like nice. an, yeah like he's he's a kept man with lincoln but he then he meets this guy and lincoln's an older man and he meets this guy and um, his best friend's name is Jeffrey, just for reference. His best friend's name is Jeffrey, okay. who is a naval officer who has been who's it's it's during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. OK. OK, so he's yeah. a gay naval officer and 
he has met this guy um, named David. And he is he is with, with Lincoln Astor, mm-hmm. but he meets David and he's like, oh, I really like you. And he's like, he's like, you know, come meet me at this hotel or whatever. And he's like and he's entertaining him and he's like pretending to be something he's not. He's pretending to be like this rich dude because he's got this per diem from Lincoln. Yeah. So he's like, he really likes David. He's like, meet me here. And he's like, oh, I'm a, I don't remember what he says he is, but he's lying and he's telling me something he's not. Yeah. And he's like, okay. He's like, David's like, I'm, you know, I'm really impressed with him. And they like, they have sex and they do this. Well, the whole time Lincoln can see an itemized bill. Yeah. From what he's getting. So he's like these midnight champagne bottles. Hmm. Lincoln's like, no, it's over, you know? Yeah. He's like, he's like, it's fucking over. I don't know what this is about. So Andrew goes back to Lincoln's house to try and like smooth things over. Right. And Lincoln had brought home a straight guy who was like on the fence on if he's straight or not. Yeah. You know, like that kind of but like he was like jumpy about it. And as, I feel like that's just a gay guy. It is. It's a gay guy who's <laughs> It's a gay guy who's on the fence, yeah. who's, who's closeted and unsure. Right. And but he was he told Lincoln up front, like, I'm straight. And he's like, OK, he's like, we'll just come back. You know, like he's like, I'm I'm into this or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, I won't do anything you don't want to do. You know, like that's the talk or whatever. Yeah. And uh, they go back to like him and the Lincoln and this guy go back to his house. Well, Andrew gets there like to talk to Lincoln. Yeah. And as he's coming through the door, Lincoln like goes to kind of make a move and he, and he's literally says to him like I'm not gonna, I don't want you know I won't do anything you don't want to do yeah and the the gay the closeted gay guy like freaks out and fucking grabs a stone like obelisk and like kills Lincoln he just beats him to shit holy shit like for real pa- yeah. really happened this really happens okay like this is I looked it up this yeah. is factual okay so he kills Lincoln after wow and Andrew witnesses it. Extreme reaction to being hit. I've been hit on by gay men. It's that's extreme way to (laughs) to deal with that. That's not a good way to deal with it. uh, So it's a bit much. So he witnesses it. He witnesses Lincoln get killed. And the the murderer comes through the door and he's like, he was going to kiss me. And Andrew is just like, go. And he leaves and he gets caught like like that, like immediately, <laughs> like in the driveway. Fuck. Yeah, like he gets caught like <laughs> he gets caught like days later. Yeah. And he what well, he's in jail. Like, I mean, it's yeah. like it, it's all fact and it's handled. So one of Lincoln's other friends. Whose name I don't remember anymore. Then takes on Andrew as a kept man. Oh, Yeah. So Andrew keeps doing this. So he continues to court David behind this other guy's back. Right. So he's supposedly dating David long distance, according to what I've read on the Internet. Yeah. According to the show, there's really only like two or three dates with this David guy. Okay. But according to the other thing, there's more. So his best friend is is Jeff. But David is living in. Minneapolis. Okay. Okay. 
And the whole time, this guy, Andrew, is a escort. So he's he also will occasionally like sleep with other rich men, not yeah. just the one that he's a kept man with. Yeah, he'll sleep with this guy, for example, Lee Miglin. Do you know who that is? No. OK, so he's a very famous like a uh, real estate guy. There's a tower. real estate. There's guys. a there's a tower in Chicago that's called the Miglin Tower. Oh, it's so he he would sleep with these like rich old men. Yeah. And he would he would be with like just old old dudes. But he was trying to like start up this life with this David guy who is his peer, who's a young architect living in Minneapolis. Yeah. And he would fly him in to where he was, which is actually San Diego he would fly him into San Diego and try and start up a life with him. Well, then Jeff, his best friend, was like, hey, I got a job in Minnesota. I'm going to fly. I'm going to move to Minnesota, too. Yeah. And he was like, shit, not two of my friends are in Minnesota. So he was like, OK. Well, Jeff started to realize, like, everything that Andrew says is a lie. Like, he would lie about his dad's past. He would lie about where he was getting all this money from because he never told anybody he was an escort. He would always lie about where this money was coming from. Yeah. So Jeff started to figure this out and was like, I don't really want to be friends anymore. Like, I'm, you know, I'm done with you. That kind of shit. Yeah. So he flies out. He flies out to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and he. He goes he goes to have a weekend with his two friends, his with Jeff and David, because Jeff and David live like around the corner from each other in Minneapolis and they are now sleeping together. Oh, OK. <laughs> Because, I mean, they're around the corner from each other and they're not neither of them are with him anymore. Like David and David and Andrew have broken up. Yeah. Jeff and Andrew aren't friends anymore, but he's trying to get everybody back together, you know? Yeah. So. He's Andrew is like, OK, I'm going to stay with with David or whatever. And he's like. um, Wait, what? I'm sorry. I'm so drunk. But I'm not like I'm not I'm sober, but like you're not sober. OK, so <laughs> so he goes, it's it's not going great is my point. There's a lot of hostility going on. So Andrew proposes to David and was like, I've never felt more alive than when I was with you. Okay. And David's like, no, no. And he quickly realizes that there's something going on between. Jeff and. David like even though he doesn't actually like see anything yeah. happening he just picks up on it and I think that's just for the show I don't actually think Jeff and David were sleeping together oh okay so so he invites Jeff over and David goes down to let Jeff in yeah and when he brings him back up Andrew's waiting inside the apartment yeah. and like David walked past Andrew and and as soon as Jeff walked through the door, Andrew ambushed Jeff and killed him. Like, literally beat him to death with a hammer. Wait, why? Jealousy. Oh. Because he, David rejected his proposal yeah. and he thought it was because of Jeff. How does this all lead to, to Versace? I'm going. Okay. <laughs> That's so what then, I'm really curious about. So then he takes David hostage... And it's a couple days on, on the run. And, and they 
so this happens on April 27th, okay, in 1997. So this is seven years after he first met Versace. Okay. And on May 3rd, 97, David's body is found on a, like, one hour away from where the apartment was. Okay. On, on a lake. Like, it's just in, like the woods kind of area. Yeah. David's body's found. So they were like on the run for a little while. They were like living in some shitty thing, according to the show. Yeah. But no one actually knows because everybody is dead. Yeah. So nobody knows what happened. But they were, the police really thought David did this and that David had killed Hmm. Jeff because it was in Jeff's, it was in David's apartment. Oh, okay. So... David's body is found on May 3rd. Hmm. So May 4th. Lee Miglin in Chicago, who is the huge real estate developer, and his wife Marilyn is in Home Shopping Network. She sells perfumes. And she still does. She's still around. Yeah. Um, Lee Miglin's body is found. Oh, holy shit. This is way worse. He is found. His face duct taped. Like mummy styled. And he is, he's bound with duct tape, stabbed more than 20 times with a screwdriver. His throat has been cut open with a hacksaw. A what? Hacksaw. Nah. I thought that was a combination of a hacksaw and a rickshaw. I will kill you. So, with with a a hacksaw. (laughs) His wife, Marilyn, had become alarmed when she didn't, when he didn't show up at the airport to pick him up. Or pick her up. And his Lexus was missing. So. Wait a minute. Oh, I, I don't know why I think realize that. So Lee Miglin was married to a woman and would pay to have sex with dudes. Yes. Jesus Christ. He was a really prominent real estate developer of like towers and huge buildings. Yeah. Ba- And he was married to a woman who was and he, by all accounts, including like his and hers, had a really good marriage. Like he was very (laughs) he was very supportive of her. He helped her launch her perfume and cosmetics business. Did they have any kids? They had one kid named Duke. And they. uh, They names a kid Duke. Right. Um, But they. Yeah, they, uh, he would have sex with dudes. Yeah, sounds like it. And. So he's killed like three people now. Yeah. How many more people did he kill? So. (laughs) I'm just trying to get to the end here. (laughs) So on May 9th. He kills William Reese in New Jersey. Who's this? Some dude? This is just some dude. He was he. So he has the reason William Reese dies is he has Lee Miglin's Lexus after torturing and abusing the fuck out of Lee Miglin and taking his Lexus. But what? And it's 97. So what he doesn't realize is that every time he turns his car on. The car phone, because it was one of those with those old car phones, would send a signal up. Yeah. Well, they didn't 
like he didn't realize that because right. it wasn't common. But someone leaked that information and they put that on the radio. So when he was when he was driving, it came across the radio and he pulled off to the side of the road and ripped the antenna off the car. But he still didn't know how to, like, disable it. Yeah. So he pulled into the first place he saw after that. Killed the caretaker at the cemetery he was at. Jesus Christ. And took the caretaker's truck. Wow. Yeah. Which was a 45-year-old caretaker at the cemetery. So this dude got... He witnessed a murder. Just So he witnessed somebody get killed. He witnessed somebody he, get killed a he year was before he... involved with. Yeah. Then he killed two people he was involved with. Yeah. And, and he then like, he was just like, let's do this. Yeah. And then he went and he killed Lee for the money. He oh, actually... Okay. So he killed Lee and he took all his money. So Lee was super, super wealthy. He took a bunch of money, suits and outfits from his house. Yeah. And then he, then he went for two months. He was then dormant. So yeah. he kills this last guy's caretaker. And then he heads to Miami. Okay. Where he is dormant for two months. Gotcha. Versace's living in Miami. Yeah. That's where his house is. Right. I knew that. So, so in, in July, he's in, he's in Miami. I mean, like he's been there since May. But he's living in Miami and he's living in like this kind of like ghetto-y area of Miami. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not living in the ghetto, but he's in a, he's in the ghetto, you know, yeah. like he's living in this kind of shitty place and he's doing a lot of drugs. He's dealing drugs and he's doing drugs and he, uh, and nobody had put any of this together. Well, he's using or had they, and he was on the lamp. They, oh, he's, they know, they know who he is. Like, they know who Kunanin is. Okay. They just don't know where he is? They don't know where he is. Okay. So he is to the point where he pawned stuff under his own name. Like, he's not hiding, hiding. He wants to be seen. Hmm. But no one is looking for him because they don't care about him. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. the nicest way I can say it is, he can't, Lee Miglin was big, but... He wasn't big enough. But when they killed Versace, that's what put him apart. And the reason he killed Versace is because he really thought he could be Versace, I think is what it comes down to. So other than that one interaction they had years before. That was it. That was it. And he just shows up and shoots. On Versace. July 10th, he shows up. And, and he... Or I'm sorry, on July 15th, he was he shows up and uh, Kunanin literally just walked up to him and just shot him, shot him. Wow. And turned around and ran. Wowzers. And, and then on July 23rd, Kunanin shot himself in the face while well, in the mouth using the same gun that he had used to kill. David Madsen oh, wow. and so Reese. They and never Versace. caught him? Nope. Wow. So they figured all this out after the fact. Yep. Holy crap. Yep, it's all been pieced together. Wowzers. From interactions with other people and all of that. I had so no idea. If if none of this made sense because it was like drunken <laughs> ramblings of retelling. It made sense. It was just a little loose. It's a little looser than usual, I think. Not as tight. 
I would highly recommend you just watch uh, nine nine hours of TV. It's on Netflix. American Crime Story. American Crime Story. The Assassination. The Assassination of Johnny Versace. Yeah. Johnny Versace. Penelope Cruz plays Donatella Versace. I got to tell you, the casting, fucking amazing. Yeah. So good. And you like, I don't know, man. It's so good. <laughs> it really is so, so, so good. It's, it's by Ryan Murphy, so most of the stuff Ryan Murphy does is pretty good. Like what? American Horror Story. Sque- oh, okay. Scream Queens. Alright, I'm he saying did. it so the listener can know oh, in case they're wondering he did. who Ryan Murphy is. He also Murphy did, is. if you don't know who Ryan Murphy is, he's American Horror Story, Scream, Scream Queens. He did uh, Glee. He did Nip Tuck. He's a, uh, he's, yeah, solid. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's been around. He's not new. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, my shit. Uh, sorry, we were busy, but it's. <laughs> hey, man, podcast is up. And it's free. You know what? You know how much you guys paid for this? It was free 99. So back off. You get really aggressive. Except for except for, except for you Patreon patrons. We love you. <laughs> we love you so much. We love you so much. We'll call you in five minutes. Oh. Just kidding. We don't call anyone. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. I'm very tired. Oh, oh my God. I still have to edit this. Yeah. It, It'll take it takes you like eight minutes to edit. Like, yeah, realistically. But all right, well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with a sober Maggie in tow, hopefully. I maybe. was fine until you were like, do you want wine? And I was like, <laughs> I do want wine. Oh. All right. What? That's what are we it. doing? We're saying goodbye. We're signing off. We're signing off from the podcast. you want to say goodbye or no? All right. My stomach's upset, you guys. I think I might have had too much to drink. Wait, no, that's not the button you hit. Oh, that's the yeah. one I always hit. Well, that's not right. That's the button you hit. Bye. Bye.